Welcome to Movies in the Buff and this week's edition of The Storyboard, where we share industry news, pitch a streaming movie for the weekend, and give you all a preview of next week's movie, Big Fish. <laughs> I'm sorry, I purposely made it go earlier. <laughs> I was like, oh, 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 panic, panic, panic. <laughs> I just love it too much. <laughs> Uh, uh, yes, next week we're doing Big Fish, and now here for the news. <laughs> yep. That sound effect, where Where does it come from? Where does it go? Oh, man, it's too good. All right. Um, <laughs> what do you got for news? Movie news. So this is going to be a surprise coming out of my mouth, uh, but it's actually super... Ooh, ow. I just... <laughs> Just lacerated myself. Oh shit! He's grabbing uh, his his left boob. So yeah, my left man my boob. left nipple may not be attached to my body anymore. Good. Um, All right. Well, there it is. That's also surprising. That's also to some hear. news. <laughs> uh, no superhero news coming out of my mouth. Um, but one of my favorite actors working, Brie Larson. Yes. Uh, has been, has previously been announced as Captain Marvel. Yes. Um, however. The news just came out recently that not only is she Captain Marvel and making a solo standalone movie, but she is Captain Marvel for the next seven films. Wow. So she is going to be in our lives, uh, you know, a, a bona fide actor in a role that that's really going to be interesting. And then not a lot of people really comprehend or know a lot about. of mainstream i mean yeah. people who are know the comics right that, that live not, in, yeah, i don't know that live in the comic world right, right or the, that are familiar know about but not in like not not in like the cultural generalist perspective right, right? yeah um but i'm excited because i think brie larson is fantastic yeah she was incredible in room room is one um, of my favorites but not to mention she she really burst on the scene in 2000 13, 14 was short term 12. Mm. Um, and then she played Amy Schumer's sister in Trainwreck. Trainwreck. Ooh, gracious. <laughs> uh, and was fantastic. Right. She was also in um, Spectacular Now and is just just really compelling. And I really look forward to to what she's going to bring. Yeah. She's a big, I mean, I, I, um, in the Marvel world, I, I never, like we've talked about before, I never really grew up reading the marvel comic comics i mean we both knew uh, spider-man and x-men yeah um but captain marvel is the most powerful (laughs) of them yeah and uh she's the one that's gonna defeat thanos is the whole idea and so to have a woman do that and this will be marvel's first woman centric superhero movie right uh, with with Scarlett Johansson's upcoming Black Widow withstanding. Yeah, if it's gonna if, if that it ends happens. up happening right. too. Yeah. Um that's great. Yes. Brie Larson is she's great. Huzzah. And the new preview is out and that preview is freaking rock star. Yeah. Uh, it's cool. It's like set in the eighties, yeah. you know, or like yeah. late ninety early nineties. Um okay, well uh speaking still on the like comic book world, uh I have some Star Wars news. I found a, an article that said... Dun, 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 dun. Oh, no, it's James Bond. Never mind. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm really good at it. Oh, that's Jurassic Park, right. Um, cool. Um, <laughs> uh, 
Nope. That's Batman. Oh, Superman. Wonder Woman. Damn it. Okay. Really crushing it. Right. Okay, so I found this news. Star Wars The Last Jedi Hate was bolstered by Russian troll bots, study finds. <laughs> so all of that hate about Last Jedi that went around the internet that caused this huge thing. Right, the backlash to the backlash to the backlash right, to the backlash. Was a study found that uh, a bulk of it was from Russian troll bots. Oh my god. Like, what? What is happening? What is That's happening? bizarre. Yeah, I, I mean, of all, it's just like I just keep sighing over and over and over again. That's really unfortunate. It's crazy. It's um, crazy. This is the quote that it says: "The result, unsurprisingly, quote finds evidence of deliberate organized political influence measures disguised as fan arguments. The likely objective of these measures is increasing media coverage of the fandom conflict, thereby adding to and further propagating a narrative of widespread discord and dysfunction in American society. Persuading voters of this narrative remains a strategic goal for the U.S. alt-right movement as well as the Russian Federation. So, there's a. am not going to bore you with a lot more of it, but... Um, I mean... Kind of crazy. The only, like, bright side to this is that Star Wars is a franchise that can handle it. Yeah. Like, I'm I'm thankful that the, the study hasn't come out that's found that Russian bots are torpedoing, you know, movies that are, are balancing on a thread that may not get made in the future. Like, you and I have talked about in the past of, like, the, the, the danger that the studio films that are, you know, with budgets from, like, 10 to 50 million dollars yeah. are in right um like the studios aren't making those films anymore right um and we reviewed a number of those on this podcast you know talked about them um and and whatnot and i'm just thankful that the <laughs> that they aren't torpedo torpedoing those films right you there's know? something so like Star Wars about the fact that Russia, the Russian Federation, <laughs> tried to like infiltrate right, it's the evil empire. Right. I mean, especially <laughs> especially in a series that was bird at the end of the Cold War. Right, like totally all yeah. the Nazi stuff that's in there and the communist stuff. It's like anyway. So uh, that's the news. <laughs> Great. Now you're just doing it with your mouth. <laughs> Well, for all of us here at Channel 4 News, I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, San Diego. And thanks for stopping by. But mainly, stay classy. Welcome to another episode of Streaming in the Buff. Uh, this week we're doing Hot Fuzz, found on Netflix. Another Edgar Wright movie. Another Edgar Wright. Last week we did Baby Driver. Which this was week. totally unplanned, like when we picked these movies. Oh, yeah. Um, it just goes to show. We'll t- I mean, fuck it. Sorry I interrupted, but we'll get to it. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, no, well, yes, we'll get there. Um, yeah, so let's just start with a synopsis. Uh, some people might not know what hot fuzz is so it is a skilled london police officer is transferred to a small town that is harboring a dark secret if you all know Shaun of the dead which is the most well-known same people 
same kind of, you know, ensemble. Uh, and what Shaun of the Dead is to horror movies, Hot Fuzz is to action movies. Or buddy cop films, even buddy more specifically. Films. I mean, even throughout this whole movie, they talk about, like, Point Break and Lethal Weapon. Bad and Boys 2. Bad too. Boys and all of, the, all of that genre. Bad Boys 2. Bad, Bad Boys 2. That's true. That's true. They do make it very specific. Um, <laughs> Which apparently is the only Nick Frost was given, who plays Danny in this, was given a list of like cop buddy cop movies to watch his research for this. Yeah. And the only one that he watched was Bad Boys 2. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm going to take a little diversion here for a second, but you know, Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, which are the two leads in this, and, and people will have seen Simon Pegg most mainstream recently in both the Star Trek franchise uh, as Scotty and then most recently in the Mission Impossible Impossible, movies yeah um, is where he kind of broke mainstream but him and Nick Frost were both roommates and they slept in a single twin bed for like years Um, that's bananas just because they they wanted to make it you know quote-unquote make it and and um, and they shared a small flat in London and and uh, and then you know somehow found Ed, Edgar Wright and Shaun of the Dead was made and yeah and um, they took off well they had they had a um a short-lived television series right am I am I, am I making that up maybe yeah I don't know I, I I imagine they did yeah um golly I cannot for the life of me remember what the name of it is anyway it was like a one season type deal uh that they all coordinated on yeah um all right, well let's uh, let's get going on this. Yeah. So, so why? Uh, just from the top, why do you need to see this? Like, what's what do you need to watch? Why Man, do you need to watch this? This is this is the perfect example of how a movie can straddle so many lines of genre. Mm. So, or 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 what it's like, what it's achieving. So, this in in essence is a genre film, right? It's an action film. It's it's. It lives in this buddy cop world, but it's also a parody of those buddy cops. And then it's also this really subtle and acute and and really pointed critique on xenophobia and nationalism that mm. was creeping into the U- UK and currently creeping into the UK and the US um, in in two thousand in two thousand six eight somewhere around there yeah. um, in late two thousands. And mm. it's just. It's so excellent how it catches you off guard with the, the statements it's making while also making you laugh, while also really enjoying some of the really complicated set pieces. Yep. It's just a crazy entertaining movie to watch. Exactly. This is like, that's why you need to see it. I mean, it's a, it's, it's a little under the radar when it comes to people like, hot fuzz, what the hell? Like, what? Right. Like, and then people hear like, oh, it's a British movie and I'm art immediately turned off right. or whatever it may be. It's, it makes, it's. Sorry to our UK viewers. No, yeah. <laughs> Listeners. You, yeah. <laughs> you guys are making better TV than we are, so good yeah. for you. No kidding. Um, yeah, I agree with everything. That's exactly, that's a really good way of saying it. Um, and, and that leads into my first point on the acting. I mean, and kind of a little bit on the acting and directing, but this is a whole satire on action. I mean, like, Oh yeah. The way in which, the way in which Sean, uh, I was going to say Sean Penn, uh, <laughs> Simon Pegg, Simon Pegg. Jesus. Sure. Uh, the way that the, the way in which Simon Pegg speaks, even, you know, yeah. he adopts this action cop thing. Like I'm the lead investigator and this is my voice. It's almost like the Christian Bale. Where's the trigger? Right. right. <laughs> 
Did you just do the guy from Men in Black? Yeah. Where is he? <laughs> the, the, the roach guy. The roach, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Where is he? <laughs> oh, no. We're all, already off the rails. This is going to become a segment on this is the voices. Last week, you did some awesome Jack Nicholson. I, that was not Jack <laughs> that Nicholson. I was, that was if Marlon Brando did yeah. a biopic on Jack Nicholson. <laughs> Which that timeline does not work. <laughs> oh man! We'll get there next week when yeah. we talk about big fish and timelines. Um, no, but it's true. Like it, he he adopts this sort of parody of these. Um, you you see it in all the Law and Orders. Even you yeah. know, it's like I'm an action guy, and so I'm speaking down here. And somehow it he Simon Pegg's brilliant. He's able to make it believable enough where. Like I can go with it and not just be like, oh, he's doing this thing, and also have a layer of like, oh yeah, he's doing that thing, which is yeah, absolutely. On the acting side, for me, the thing that really works is just how the ensemble clicks. Oh yeah, like and it's just good. It's just a testament to when you put good actors and things like this, how how the dialogue really just pops off the screen. Putting actors like even Bill Nye, who's in this movie for three minutes, right. Um, in this or Martin Freeman, same thing. Martin Freeman's great. And Jim Broadbent holds a dear place in my heart. And he just sells this movie in a way that I don't know necessarily is achieved by anybody else without his, his talent, you know? Um, and so that, that for, from the acting perspective, the, the way that the ensemble, under collectively understands what's going on with the script. And that's a testament to the director too. But, the actors are also doing the work and the pitter patter and just like understanding what movie you're in is a huge step right. to being an actor, oh, right? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. knowing what movie you're making. Yeah. Right. Um, it's a who's who of British Timothy Dalton too. Right. in this. I mean, last week we talked about, uh, uh, the favorite and Olivia Coleman yeah. who's in this movie too, as yeah. like a tiny caricature character. Of course. And like, it it really is like a. Who's I'm glad you who. brought that up. I didn't. I, that connection just didn't come in my mind. Yeah, and you were right before we were doing this. Yeah, right before we were doing this uh, episode, you you were looking up an actor who's you you all will know. Yeah. from Game of Thrones, Rory McCann, who plays the Hound, the Hound, yeah, he, not the Mountain. And I was like, not the the, the yeah, Hound. Yeah, and he also plays the in this movie. He plays the one word. Uh, equivalent of Hodor, right? <laughs> in this movie, Yarp, Yarp, and I can't tell you anybody who knows me like I use that on a daily basis. Yarp, N- Narp, Narp. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> yeah, the ensemble work is phenomenal. Yeah, uh, which, like you said, leads into the the directing of it. Same thing. He knows. We saw the outcome of it last week with Baby Driver. Yeah. Like, this is a, quote, serious action flick without that layer of satire. Yeah. Or at least not as heavily layered. Mm-hmm. Um, there still is a bit of a, like, right. layering of it. but the, Yeah, there's still a distancing effect that Edgar Wright achieves in Baby Driver. He's, he's like, look at how good I am at this. Right, right. Whereas here he, he is clearly parodying or even paying homage to. Yeah, both. Yeah, I mean, and you see it in, like... The same type of things uh, that you that we discussed in Baby Driver, but the the Edgar Wright isms are like the um, the sound effects that coincide with the smash cuts, the smash cuts, the things that are happening on the screen, and that is a very action flick thing. I mean, you watch, you know, like 
you know, the, the NCIS and CSI Miami with the, the sunglasses coming off. And it's always like, you know, all these little things. And you're, and he does that, that makes it on the nose, makes you aware of it and fits in this, the movie at the same time. It's great. And it's, and it's such a great way to tell this type of story. Oh yeah. Um, and the way that he weaves his narrative is so well, because is so great. And this would kind of bleed into our writing segment as well. But the way that there are these self-referential things that keep coming back, like at the beginning of the movie, Nick Frost, when Simon Pegg comes into town, Nick Frost asks his character, like, have you ever jumped through the air and shot two guns at once? Right. And then, of course, in the in the final set piece of the movie. Spoiler see- alert. <laughs> <laughs> we may or may not see. <laughs> right. Um, but there, there are things like that where you're like, yeah. oh, he's just pulling that. They're making reference. Oh, oh, the swan. Yeah. Look, if you, <laughs> if you love like good old fashioned action movies, you will love this movie. There, I read somewhere at some point in time that there are something like over 150 specific references to action movies in this movie. Like obviously they pull from point break and bad boys and lethal weapon heavily. Right. Like those are, those are quintessential buddy cop style action movies that where this is movie is coming from. Yeah. But there are certain scenes, framings, things like that, that Edgar writes like, Oh yeah, this is from X. This is from Y. This is from Z. Um, obviously, I'm going without any data here. Sure. No, but, but that's what this episode's for. It's like, look out for these type of things. Yeah. You, you know, people who have seen a lot of action flicks will be like, oh, wow, that reminds me of this. And yes, that's purposeful. Yeah. Uh, and that's one thing that I love about Edgar Wright, because he's like, you know what? I love zombie flicks. And he makes Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. I love action flicks. And he makes Hot Fuzz. I love space movies. And he makes Paul. i love disaster movies and he he makes at world's end yeah i love like car gone in 60 seconds car chase and he makes baby driver like cool that's a great niche yeah he's one of those artists that i just cannot wait for his next project yeah every time i'm just like i will i will pay money to see whatever this guy puts up yeah absolutely and and with that comes the the writing. I mean, it's it, all of those movies I just named. It has that same type of pace, that same type of humor. It has a you know people who watch American Horror Story. It's you know they all have the same ensemble of actors that come back and and keep working. Same with Edgar Wright. I mean, yeah. With the exception of Baby Driver, all of those other movies are you know Martin Freeman always makes an appearance. Bill Nye always makes an appearance. You know, yeah. Um, and. And they know, they, like you said, they know what movie they're making and therefore know how to, to hit this bit of writing in the beginning so it pays off, the joke pays off an hour later in the end. Yeah, parody is such a hard thing to do. And what's great about this movie is that it's not strict parody because sometimes when you do a strict parody, you get the joke after the first joke. Right. Like you get like, oh, they're making fun of, you know, bad boys. Yeah. And then they just make fun of bad boys the whole movie. Right. This is not that. Right. Which is so excellent. And I just really wanted to bring up how prescient this movie is and how through comedy Edgar Wright is able to advance his, not necessarily even political opinions, but just his observations on what's Mm -hmm. happening in the world around him. Like as artists, right, we're always trying to reflect the world we're living in because why make art otherwise? Right. Um, and so he's sensing this idea of this, you know, noticing these xenophobic tendencies and these populist and nationalist tendencies 
and he goes and makes a movie about the elder statesman of this town right. being frightened of of the up and coming youth of outsiders mm-hmm. um and it's it's especially in today's climate is is particularly relevant i mean at one point in time jim broadbent says make stanford great again does he really he literally that. says make stanford great again and this was made and in I 2007 was, y'all right, like i was watching that and just full body chills i was like wow. oh my god wow this is exactly what we're experiencing in our current ex- our current climate right and right. it's 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 really quite frightening yeah sure um which is which is why and and not to jump to the end of like when to watch this but i'm just going to go ahead and proffer it yeah. this time it's this for me the when to watch this movie is when you're having a difficulty dealing with our current political climate right and on need, either side and need a release that. but don't want to don't want to go into that zombie like state where you're just completely detached yeah this is the perfect movie to occupy that niche. Mm-hmm. It takes your mind off the current political world, the current political climate, but keeps you actively engaged and thinking about what you can do. Right. And it's awesome. Elections are on November 6th. Everybody should go vote. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. And In uh, the United States this, on November 6th. This has been sponsored by Campaign for Brett Bolton. Yeah. <laughs> Not yet. Brett Bolton for America. Um yeah, no, it, it's true. I mean, because, you know, our other kind of things we touch on are like cinematography, music, and it's all, that stuff is kind of secondary for me to this. You don't, yeah, totally. you know, there, cinematography, there are some good moments, of course. Right, and, like the, despite being the film that we've talked about it being, there's some great set pieces. There's yeah. some really engaging, well-told Action. There's nothing that bugs me more about action movies where you can't follow what's going on in right. the set pieces. Right. And they, Edgar Wright does it so well. Here. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and some great comedic elements. Like one of my favorite comedic things is when uh, you know there's there Simon Pegg goes to a, a murder crime scene at the very beginning and his ex girlfriend is one <laughs> is of the Kate Blanchett. Is is that who yeah. that is? <laughs> You never see her uncredited. Yeah, you don't see her because she's in a like a hazmat hazmat suit, like an all white with a mask on. And he walks in totally ready to like profess his love, and he starts professing his love. And then she goes, "I'm over here," and he's like, "Oh." And then he just repeats exactly what he just said. And she's like, "Why would you think that was me or whatever?" Because it's like that's that's George or whatever. You know, there's it's just like great comedy like that that allows you. To really, like, when do I watch this? Like, when I want to have a, a movie where I don't have to think too hard, but I also don't want to zone out. Yeah. You know, something where I, I don't want to watch something heavy. You know, this is a relatively short movie. It's under two hours. Um, and but if, but if you appreciate wit. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to get your action fix. You're going to get your comedy fix. And you're going to get a little bit of a zing at the end, too. And, uh... And, and again, a, the like, acting's great. The writing's great. The, it's great. There's also some like heartfelt things going on between Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and there their, their are, relationship. Yeah, it's, it's, it's beautiful. It's really nice, and they both do a really nice job. Like not like being too sentimental with it, but also just coming from a very real place of like right. we've become friends through this, right. and it's awesome. Yeah, it it's really awesome. is. It really is. Um, yeah, so that's on Netflix at least as of you know. Now, now, uh, <laughs> October uh, 2018, and uh, if it's not, you should own it and and seek it out. It's great. It's the best. All right. Well, that's that.
that is that. I, I streaming in the buff, man. Streaming in the buff. <laughs> I haven't figured out how to end these things. Join us for the following previews. In telling the story of my father's life, it's impossible to separate fact from the fiction, the man from the myth. The best I can do is to tell it the way he told me. If there was one thing you can say about it, boop, boop that I was intended for larger things. I was the biggest thing Ashton had ever seen. From the imagination of director Tim Burton. Most men, they'll tell you stories straight through. It won't be complicated, but it won't be interesting either. Did you ever think that maybe you're not too big, but maybe this town is just too small? They say when you meet the love of your life, time stops. And that's true. Your mother was never supposed to marry me. She was engaged to somebody else. Forget it, kid. Don't waste your time. She's out of your league. You don't even know me. Sure I do. You were hot stuff back in Hickville. But here in the real world, you got squat. Now, I may not have much, but I have more determination than any man you're ever likely to meet. Sandra Templeton, I love you and I will marry you. I was drying out. <laughs> Dad, I have no idea who you are. What do you want, Well, Who do you want me to be? Just yourself. Just show me who you are for once. Discover an adventure as big as life itself. Thanks, everybody, for listening to this week's episode of The Storyboard. Be sure to join us next Monday, October 22nd, for our episode of Tim Burton's Big Fish. That's right, and make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, at Movies in the Buff, and Twitter, at Buff Movies. You can also reach out to us at watchingmoviesinthebuff at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. All right, Humphrey, take it to the baby town. I'm no good at being noble, but it doesn't take much to see that the problems of three little people don't amount to a hill of beans in this crazy world. Someday you'll understand that. Now, now. He's looking at you, kid.